Hi there. So welcome to model two. And we are beginning the real journey now. And we are looking at introduction to audits and assurance. So we want to discuss the introduction to audit and assurance and try to understand what audit and assurance really about and what it is. Now to understand audit and assurance and to know what is happening, we are going to refer to five W's and then one H. In other words, we're going to ask what is audit? Why do we audit? When can we make an audit? Who qualifies to perform an audit? And when the person performs an audit, you know the person has to issue an opinion or make an opinion on the audit that he has undertaken. Where does he issue that opinion into and then how does the person undertakes the audit? So these six questions here will give us the overview of what audit and assurance is all about. So what is auditing? If we should ask you what is auditing? In a simple language, we say that auditing is the independent examination of financial statement. Remember, the key word we are using here is independent. So is the independent examination of financial statement independent independent that is the key word because as an auditor you have to be independent of yourself so it is the auditing the examination of what financial statement that is what auditing is about the independent examination of financial statement why do we undertake an audit you see, what happens is that, for instance, if you want to buy a, a cloth, or you want to buy a cloth, or you want to buy a shoe, you want to buy a bag, or you want to buy anything else, you may look at the thing and the thing looks good. But sometimes you don't know if it is good or not. So probably you will ask a friend that, what do you think about this bag I want to buy? What do you think about this shirt I want to buy? What do you think about this shoe I want to buy? Is it nice? Then when someone tells you that, oh, it is nice, you can buy it, then now it boosts your confidence, then you'll be able to have an assurance and buy that thing. The same thing happens to audits. You see, what is happening here is that the, the agency theory here, so the shareholders of the company have employed the management of the company or the board of directors to manage the company on their behalf. So they have brought their money together and they have established a company. Then they now employ they have some individual to manage the company. Right. So at the end of the day, we have to find out to see whether the job they did is a good job. Now, it is not that shareholders don't trust management. All right. It is not that shareholders don't trust management. But there are a lot of allegations that have been uh, made against management as to using a lot of means to hide information and make a lot of profit as a result of the business. So in order to increase that confidence, in order to give that confidence to the work that the management have an undertaking, we would want an independent person to come and examine the financial statement so that that person will confirm and say that, okay, the job they did is a good job. The job they did is not a good job. The job they did, we don't understand it. So when this third independent party comes to examine the financial statement, then it will not put 
back that confidence to share with them and see that, okay, so the management we put there, they are doing the right job. So the reason or why we undertake that audit is to ensure that management is doing the right work or management is doing the right work and that the financial statement they have prepared is actually representing the truth and fair view of the statement of the organization. Now, this is very important. And also, not only that, because the financial statement they are preparing must be in a line with generally accepted accounting practice gap. So we must make sure and ensure that the financial statement they are preparing represents the true nature and they are following the real accounting standards and that the profit they said we have made is the actual profit we have made. That is why we undertake the audit. Right. So auditing is to give an objective opinion as to the fairness and truthfulness of financial statement in conformity with generally accepted accounting practice. So we, they, we want somebody to undertake the audit and the person gives us an opinion. Just as how you're going to ask your friend his or her opinion on the shirt you want to buy, his or her opinion on the shoe you want to buy, or even his or her opinion on the person you want to marry. So just as how you will seek someone's opinion, shareholders are seeking an independent person's opinion on what the audit, the management of the company have undertaken. Next question. When do we undertake the audit or when do we perform the audit? Usually, the audit of financial statement will be done after the financial statements have been prepared by management. So let me state here. What is management's responsibility and what is auditor's responsibility? Straight up. The management of the company are responsible for the preparation and presentation of the financial statement of the company. Right. In other words, the auditor is not responsible for the preparation of the financial statement. If you are the auditor and you audited the financial statement, then you can't audit yourself. You can't examine yourself. As such, the financial statement would have to be given to another external auditor to audit the financial statement. So, in a nutshell, management's responsibility is to prepare and present the financial statement. Then we as auditors, what is our responsibility? Our responsibility as auditors is to independently examine the financial statement and issue an audit report. Period. Period. That is all we want to do as auditors. So we want to independently examine the financial statement and issue an audit report. So in our audit report, it is there that we are going to say, okay, they did well here, they didn't do well here, this is what you have to know, this is what they said, but it is a lie, and you're going to be doing that today. So of the best, when do we do the audit? We do the audit after the financial statements have been presented. But the financial statement presentation is the responsibility of the management and not the external auditor. Next question, who qualifies to undertake the audit? Right, auditing is performed or carried out by an independent expert external auditor. The auditor is responsible to express an opinion on the financial statement. So the key word here is independent and expect external auditor. Now, so who qualifies to be uh, an auditor to audit financial statement? The person must have written and passed the ACCA or ICA professional qualification exam. The person must be a continual member of a sub-regulatory body like ACCA or ICA. 
the person must not have been uh, corrupt or included uh, in any uh, illegal dealings or business. The person must not have been declared bankrupt. Now, also one key aspect of who can prepare or uh, perform an audit work is about the fact that the person does not have any close relationship or any relationship with the company, both financial relationship and then uh, um, non-financial relationship. So if your uncle is the board member, is the board chairman, you can't be on that audit team and your audit firm cannot audit that company because your independence may be impaired. If you have investment in that company, you cannot audit that firm because you are a shareholder of the firm and you can't audit the firm because you participated probably in their suggestions that they made in the preparation of the financial statement. So who prepared the audit has to be an independent external auditor. Independent means you don't have any share in the company, you don't have any financial interest in the company, you don't have any relationship in the company. You have to be an independent external auditor. Then the next one is, once the auditor has to express an opinion, where does the auditor express his opinion? And we already made references to this. The auditor expresses his opinion in what we call an audit report. So an audit report is a written or is a report written by an auditor in which he he or she expresses his or her opinion on the financial statements auditor. So in the audit report, the auditor is going to what? express his or her opinion in relation to what has happened or what he sees of the financial statements of the company. Now, when it comes to the audit report, there are four types of audit reports, as I mentioned in our introduction. We have what we call unqualified audit report. Unqualified audit report. Now, this is an audit report issue where the auditor expresses an opinion that the financial statement taken as a whole, prepared and presented, is a true and fair view and represent the true nature or state of the organization. So with an unqualified audit report, it is where the auditor says, ah, the job that the management have done, they have prepared a financial statement and the financial statement they have prepared represents the true and fair view of the organization. It shows the true state of the organization. So in a, an unqualified audit report, what the auditor is saying is a, a positive audit and what he is saying is that literally everything is okay. So an unqualified audit report is where the auditor is saying that what management did is okay. Accounting standards have been followed. Regulatory frameworks have been followed. Um, company standards have been followed. Whatever it is, they have done everything to the best knowledge of us. So it means they did the right job there. That is what we call unqualified audit report. The second thing is a qualified audit report. So unqualified, everything is okay. A qualified other report is where we say that it is not everything that is okay. So this is an other report issue where the auditor expresses an opinion that the financial statement taken as a whole represents the true and fair view of the company with the exception of, okay, so when the auditor issue a qualified other report, he's going to say, right, the job management did, it's okay, but so there is going to be but or with the exception of. So in this kind of audit report, 
the auditor is going to include what we call an emphasis of matter paragraph. An emphasis of matter paragraph where he explained briefly to the shareholders certain things that didn't go well in the financial statement. So with a qualified audit report, the auditor is going to say that, okay, when we take the financial statement as a whole, yes, it is okay, it represents the true view of the organization, but there is a contract or lease assets which management have made it shown that it is the assets of the company or management is relating with a company and rendering service free to a company and the company is owned by the board chairman so all these matters which the auditor now this is also based on judgment so the auditor is going to decide which of these will be should be brought to the notice of the shareholders or should be brought to the notice of people who are going to rely on the financial statement so issues about money laundering and other stuff which we we didn't know about but as we started the audit we came to know about must also be reported in these emphasis of matter paragraph that is what refers to as a qualified audit opinion everything is okay with the exception of that is a statement here third report we can issue is a diverse audit report a diverse audit report, we said, it is where we say that mm -mm, nothing is good in the financial statement. So in this audit report, the auditor expresses an opinion that the financial statement do not represent the true and fair view of the organization. So in this audit report also, the auditor includes what we call the emphasis of matter paragraph. And to explain to the shareholders what it is that they have realized, maybe accounting systems, are not working well, they are not following financial reporting standards or auditing uh, uh, regulatory frameworks, they are not following anything at all. So the financial statement they have prepared is not really representing the true state of the company. So that is what we call a diverse report. Nothing is good in the financial statement. Management didn't do a good job. Remember, unqualified report, management did a perfect job. Whatever they said is true. Qualified other report, Whatever they said is true, but we need to know or you need to take note of these things. With a diverse audit report, management didn't do anything well. Then the last one is called disclaimer audit report. Disclaimer, this is where the auditor says that I can't express an opinion on the financial statement because probably management didn't allow me to gather audit evidence. Probably I didn't do my work as I am supposed to do. Probably I wasn't able to undertake the audit of, uh, procedures that I want to undertake because of A, B, and C. So disclaimer audit report is where the auditor expressed an opinion saying, I cannot express any opinion on the financial statement. So also, the auditor includes an emphasis of matter paragraph where he explains to auditors why he cannot express an opinion on the financial statement. Now, the reason why this may happen is that to enable the auditor express opinion on true and fair view of financial statement, he needs to gather sufficient and appropriate audit evidence. For this reason, during the audit work, the auditor makes inquiries, requests access for books, documents, relevant financial statements from management and from those charged with governance. However, if those charged with governance refuse to provide the auditor with the necessary information needed, he then he wouldn't be able to gather sufficient appropriate audit evidence to express his opinion. So this is a disclaimer, right? So remember, you see, one of the things we'll be looking at, uh, which you know, you should know about is the rights of the auditor. 
you did this in level two we may not necessarily single it out here in level three but the rights of the auditor the auditor has a right to uh, have access to all the books of the company the auditor have the right to or has the right to um, attend any meetings that engages the company annual general meetings and then extraordinary general meeting the auditor has the right to ask any question anybody any questions and the question have to be answered now the auditor has the right to have access to all the uh, minutes or minutes of board of directors and all the information about the company the auditor has the right on that the auditor has the right to be paid his amounts due him the auditor has that right so when the auditor comes and the auditor is trying to exercise that right and management or those charged with governance is preventing them or they are preventing them then the auditor will not be able to what, undertake his audit so maybe the head of the uh, production department the auditor requires some information from him he is not ready to give the head of the human resource department, the auditor requires some information from him, then he is playing tactics. Then the auditor will not be able to gather sufficient and appropriate audit evidence. In that case, the auditor would issue a disclaimer audit report saying that I can't express any opinion on the financial statement. Why? Because I wasn't allowed to give or to talk about anything that I need to talk about in relation to that. Now, as I mentioned earlier, these four types of audit report can be further classified into what we call modified and unmodified audit report. So an unmodified audit report is the same as an unqualified audit report since it does not include an emphasis of matter paragraph. But the modified audit report is an audit report which includes what? An emphasis of matter paragraph. What it means is that qualified audit report, uh, disclaimer, and then diverse audit report are all what falls under what we call modified audit report. Right, so I've spoken about the emphasis of matter paragraph, but there are two things actually in the audit report. We have what we call the emphasis of matter paragraph and what we call other matter or other matters paragraph. So these are the two paragraphs that may be included in a modified audit report to explain to the um, shareholders. But there are sometimes the auditor may issue a qualified sorry an unqualified audit opinion saying that everything is okay but he may include what we call other matters paragraph to bring some other things to the notice of the shareholders and those who are going to rely on the audit report so what is an emphasis of matter paragraph it is a paragraph included in the auditor's report that refers to a matter appropriately presented or disclosed in the financial statement that in the auditor's judgment is of such importance that it is fundamental to users' understanding of the financial statement. So there are things that the auditor, that a financial statement, that has been presented in the financial statement, but the auditor tries to bring that to the notice of the shareholders or to the users of the financial statement so that they well understand the financial statement in that case. Now, there are basic elements of the uh, financial or the audit report. The audit report usually t has a title, the addressee, the people to whom we are writing it to, then an opening or what we call introductory paragraph. So the title will be independent audit report, the addressee will be to the shareholders or to the, this company. Then we're going to have in opening or what we call introductory paragraph. Now this is where the auditor talks about a couple of things. So he identification of the financial statement that he have audited, 
then he will make a statement of the responsibility of the entity's management and then the responsibility of the uh, entity's auditor. So the introductory report may go something like this, that we have audited the income statement, the balance sheet, statement of changes in equity, the cash flow statement of for the year ended 31st December 2017 of PK Limited. And our report is based on the statement. We have to also note that, or we are stating that, it is the management responsibility to prepare the financial statement and our responsibility as auditors is to express an opinion on the financial statement. So an introductory paragraph may be something like this, talking about the financial statements you have audited and also making an emphatical statement on the face of the financial, on the face of the audit report that the management is responsible for preparing the financial statement and we are responsible to just express an opinion on the financial statements. So after that, we come to the scope paragraph. This is, you describe the nature of the audit. So you're going to tell us how you undertake the audit. So the scope paragraph. So this is where you make references to international financial reporting standards, any national standards and practice, and then you describe the work that the auditor, that you have done in the audit. This is where we call the scope paragraph. So we undertook the audits according to international auditing standards, taking into consideration the financial regulatory framework of the company, which includes IFRS, IAS, national standards, national laws in relation to that. That is the scope paragraph. You are telling us the rules, the regulations, the things that you followed and how you went about your audit work. Then we come to what we call the opinion paragraph. The opinion paragraph is where the auditor expresses the opinion that they have on the financial statement. So this is what the auditor is going to say, okay, the financial statement represents a true and fair view of the uh, uh, organization or not. Then we may have an emphasis of matter paragraph or another matters paragraph, as I mentioned earlier. Then we have the date of the report. We have the address of the uh, auditors and then the signature of the auditor. So that, that is the, these are the basic elements of the audit report. As I mentioned, there has been changes in how the audit report has been structured because we will be looking at the changes that has come in relation to how the audit report is structured. Usually right now, the opinion is coming up before the scope because we are saying that the opinion must come first because we need to look at what you did. <laughs> when we take the audit report, we want to see by this is what you did. So we are going to look at the changes that has come in the audit report under current issues in relation to that. Remember also, I've already mentioned that the report or the opinion that is being expressed by the auditor in the audit report is not an absolute assurance but rather a reasonable assurance because this is based on what the judgment that the auditor is going to make so what is auditing it is the independent examination of financial statement why do we audit the financial statement so that we see whether management have presented a financial statement according to generally accepted accounting principle and also to bring confidence on the shareholders and stakeholders of the organization when do we audit? We audit after management has presented and prepared, prepared and presented the financial statement. So in that case, management is responsible to prepare financial statement. We as auditors, we are responsible to audit the financial statement and also to express an opinion 
on the financial statement. Who does the audit? It has to be an independent expert external auditor. Where does the auditor express his opinion? He expresses his opinion in his audit report. Then the last thing to talk about is how does the auditor perform his audit work? Now, usually the auditor is going to perform his work in accordance with generally accepted auditing standards. So we call it the GAS. The auditor is going to prepare his work with what we call, or according to what we call generally accepted auditing standards. Right. Now, there are 10 generally accepted uh, auditing standards that we are going to go through them. But I have structured them so that the way I want you to understand them, I've grouped them into three classes. So we're going to have what we call general tip, field pick, and report all clean and dirty elements. Don't worry, I will explain that later. So how do we undertake an audit? We undertake an audit according to generally accepted auditing standards. And there are 10 generally accepted auditing standards. So to understand it very well, I've broken them down into three classes. The first one is called general tip. General tip. So general tip. Now, these talk about these talk about the basic things or knowledge we need to we need to commence any audit work. So the tip includes so the T there represents training and proficiency. That's the first tip. So the general tip starts with T, which is what? The training and proficiency. The auditor is expected to have accounting education, auditing practice experience, and in-depth or insight of the industry in which the firm or the client is. That is what we call training and proficiency. So as an auditor, to be able to undertake your audit, you must have an accounting education. Remember what I said in the introduction. We are going to make references to accounting standards. So if you don't have accounting education, how are you going to audit? Then proficiency, you must know about the industry that a client is. You must understand the environment of the client. Then you must have in-depth knowledge, in-depth experience about the firm and about the industry. That is the general tip you need before you have the audit. That is the T. Then two. I there is for independence. You remember I told you this in the introduction. So the auditor must be independent both in fact, that is the real state of mind, that is not having any material direct interest in the client as a shareholder, and also in appearance. That is the auditor must not have any close family, sorry, any close family, corporate or personal relationship with the management or the employees. So this is what we're saying here. Before you can audit very well, you have to be independent in fact and also in appearance. When we talk about in fact, it means that you don't have any financial or material direct interest in the company as a shareholder, as a bondholder, as a creditor. So you don't have any direct interest in the company. That is what we talk about, independence in fact. Then independence in appearance means you don't have any close corporate personal relationship with the management or the employees of the company. That is the first thing. So you need training and proficiency. After that, you must examine your independence about the client. 
both in fact whether you have any financial interest so if our audit firm undertakes uh, a job for the company then we have to be careful about our independence because if we for instance go and take file tax returns or audit their assets or audit their forecast statement then we have to be careful about independence if i'm an auditor and as i mentioned earlier my uncle is on the board of is the board chairman or is a board member or even an employee of the company we have to look at it very well because my independence may be under threat in terms of my appearance then the third thing is professional duk professional duke now the auditor must perform the audits and act with due diligence and care professional skepticism that is having having a questioning mind being alert on conditions which may indicate possible misstatement due to error or fraud and critical assessment of audit evidence this is what we talk about at the end of everything aside having your training Aside talking about the fact that, okay, I don't have any direct material interest in the company, I don't know anybody in the company, you must have what we call professional do care. Very, very important. So you should have what we call professional skepticism. So you have a question in mind. You are going to critically assess the evidence that you are going to be having to see if it is a reliable evidence, if it is relevant evidence, if it is enough for me to express an opinion on that. And also that the audit gives a reasonable assurance and not an absolute assurance. So this is what I call the general tip. These are what you need first before the audit. Right. So once you are trained, you are independent, you know you're going to adhere to professional due care, then we go to the next classes. So after we have a general tip, what we do is to take a field pick <laughs> so general tip then we take field pick the pick here also represents three things so this is where the auditor goes into the client's firm and begins the audit so these standards include the following p we spoke about that planning and proficiency also here you remember I talked to you about planning. So after you sign the engagement letter, the next thing you do is to what? Plan the audit. So once you have assessed that, okay, everything is good, you're going to work. Before you start working, you need to plan. So the auditor must perform the audit by first planning and design, planning and designing how the entire audit work will be carried out. Planning is a major aspect of the audit work. When the work is not well planned, the auditor may express wrong opinion or not get audit evidence. That is what we talk about. That is the P here. Planning the audit. Planning the audit. The next one is to talk about internal controls. So you have a general tip, then you take a field pick. So you go to the firm and then you now begin to what? Literally snap and see what is happening in the organization. So first, you plan. Second is to talk about the internal control system. Now, this can be defined as the processes affected by an entity's board of directors, management, and other personnel. 
designed to provide reasonable assurance. This is simply how things are done in the organization. Hence, the auditor must have an understanding of the internal controls, perform tests of controls, and assess the risks of material misstatements, fraud, and errors. So, we need to understand the internal control system of the organization. Now, internal control system, it's about how things are done within the organization. How the inventory cycle, the sales cycle, the payroll uh, system, we need to look at how things are done within the organization. How, uh, uh, when we take records in the day books, how they are built up into from the day book into the ledgers, how they are built up from the ledgers into the trial balance, how we take them to the trial balance, to the uh, income statement and the balance sheet, and how we take it from there to the cash flow statement. So these are how things are done in the organization. And you as an auditor, the way you can express an opinion is to understand the audits or the internal control system in the organization. This is very important because if you don't understand the internal control system, then you can't gather any audit evidence. If you don't know how things are done within the organization, then you can't either understand anyone and get any audit evidence. This is why the analytical procedure is going to help you so that you can make inquiry and ask questions so you get understanding, so that you can inspect documents and get understanding of the internal audits. Many firms have what, uh, have what we call the internal control framework handbook. So when you go there as an auditor, they write down how everything is done in the organization. So you're going to inspect that. Once you inspect that, you're going to observe. So these are all undertaking what we call the audit procedure. So you're going to sit down and observe. So to observe to see whether what they are saying is actually what is happening. So you're going to test the control system to confirm whether what management have told you, whether what you have inspected yourself to see if it is what actually what is in practice. So understanding of the internal control system of the organization is key to deciding even how you're going to undertake the audit. If you perceive that the organization uh, has a strong internal control system, then you are going to do what we call substantive testing, right? You're going to do control testing where you're going to test to see to confirm that. But if you realize that the internal control system are weak, that means the financial statement is likely to contain a lot of misstatements, a lot of errors, a lot of fraud issues in the financial statement. So then you must undertake a full substantive testing where you are going to audit everything in the financial statement and in the organization. So I put a note there that weak internal controls does not mean financial statements are misstated. Rather, it means that the auditor needs to do more substantive testing and gather enough more evidence to support his opinion. So what are we saying? Field peak, you plan the audits, you understand the internal control systems. The next thing is to do what we call collaborative audit evidence. So third, corroborative audit evidence. Back to what we have been saying all this while. Your work is to express an opinion. The only way you can express an opinion is to have an audit evidence, right? Is to have some evidence there. So you must make sure that you design the internal control system so that you can gather evidence. Now, the characteristics of the evidence here is that you must gather sufficient 
and appropriate audit evidence. Right? So you must gather sufficient evidence and appropriate evidence. When we say sufficient, we are talking about the quantity and then if, is it enough? So you must gather enough evidence so that you can what, express an opinion. Then appropriate means that the quality or the relevance of the audit. So the evidence that you are gathering, is it quality, is it relevant? Now, there are some characteristics of these audit evidence we'll be looking at later on in the module. But uh, an audit evidence, for instance, you will prepare, you will prefer a written audit evidence or a printed or type audit evidence rather than an oral audit evidence. You will prefer an original document rather than a photocopy document. You will prefer the, uh, an evidence that you got directly from the engagement rather than what the management got from that engagement. So these are what we talk about quality and then relevance in relation to appropriate. So your audit evidence in taking that field pick, you must make sure that the evidence we are gathering is sufficient, the evidence we are gathering is relevant, is appropriate for us to be able to what, express an opinion. So you're going to have a general tip, training and proficiency, understanding uh, the issue about independence, and then also talking about professional due care. Once you have the general tip you need for the audit, the second thing is to go to the audit field and start auditing. So there you're going to take a field peek to see what is actually happening in the organization. So you're going to plan your audit. So you're going to decide, okay, I'm going to do this this date, I'm going to go here this date, we're going to audit this this day, we're going to cancel this day, we're going to do this this day. Planning the audit. Then you have to understand the internal control system, how things are done with the, in the organization. If you understand how things are done with the organization, then you can decide the audit procedures you're going to use. You can decide the substantive procedures that you're going to use. Then you'll be able to now express an opinion. The opinion you're going to express will depend on the audit evidence that you are gathering. And that evidence must be sufficient and must be appropriate. Now, the, the next group that is going to be C, after you get a general tape, take a field pick, then the next thing is to report all clean and dirty elements. <laughs> I love this one. You report all clean and dirty elements. So the third aspect is to report. So now you have your evidence. So once you have your evidence, you're going to report all clean and dirty elements. So once you take a field you, you have a general tip, take a field pick to gather your evidence. You're going to report all clean and dirty elements. So the A there is accounting principles. So you're going to talk about the generally accepted accounting practice that the organization adheres to the uh, gap in the preparation and presentation of financial statement. This must be stated explicitly in the audit report. Remember when we talk about the audit report, you must state that the financial statements are prepared, have been prepared according to the financial regulatory framework or the gap in relation to that. So we must report on the accounting standards, accounting policies or practices that the organization is following. Principles are spent like that. 
Okay, so we're going to report on two is about clean. Clean means consistency of the application and adherence of the gap. Consistency of application and adherence, adherence to gap. So this must be stated implicitly in the other report. It means you don't necessarily have to voice out this, let us, see, let us see it clearly on the face of the financial statement. But you have to also talk about whether they have been consistently applying their accounting standards. So for instance, if they are depreciating assets or they are valuing inventories, have they been using the uh, FIFO method or LIFO method or weighted average method? How long have they been using it? Is it that this year they use FIFO, next year they use LIFO, the next year they use uh, weighted average? How have they been using it? So you must report on the consistency on the application of the gap. Dirty here represents disclosures. So this is where you have to disclose whether management has made or recorded everything that must be recorded in the financial statement. So this is where if something like uh, emphasis of matter or other matters paragraph may come in in your audit report where you make a statement that management did not talk about it or management did not report this very well. So you're going to disclose that one as well. And then the last E is now the key thing. The reason why we're doing all these things and we are suffering about all these things is to express an opinion. So you now express a reasonable opinion about the audit and that must be stated explicitly on the face of the financial statement. So you're going to state that explicitly that based on the financial statement, the financial statement represents a true and fair nature of the organization. Bam, you are done. Or based on our evidence, the financial statement represents a true and fair state of the organization with the exception of, bam, you are done. Based on the work we did, we cannot express an opinion, bam, you are done. Why? Emphasis of matter paragraph. So you're going to express your opinion on the face of the financial statement. So these are what you must understand when we talk about the 10 generally accepted auditing standards. So general tip, take a field pick, then you report all clean and dirty elements. Right, so let's look at the various types of audits that we have, and I know you already know this, so we're going to just quickly revise them. Now, according to legislature or law, we have two types of audits. We have what we call statutory audits and then non-statutory audits. Now, statutory audit is uh, undertaken by listed companies or public companies. So by law, listed companies and public companies, according to the company's code, must prepare or must have their financial statements audited, right? Then we have non-statutory audit. This is undertaken by other organizations like partnership, like NGOs, charities, among others. They also can undertake audits, but it is a non-statutory because there is no legal uh, rule binding them to undertake the audit. Now, according to whether the audit is um, statutory or non-statutory, based uh, depending on the timing or when we are doing the audits, we can have what we call interim audits or what we call the final audit. Interim audit is what is done around the middle of the accounting year to test the to test basically the systems of internal controls used in the preparation of the financial statement. So, if you are going to be the one to audit the financial statement. To test the internal controls or to understand the internal control system, 
we don't wait till the year and we have to undertake some interim audits where we audit the system to look at the internal control system, how they are working. Then when the year ends, after the management have prepared and presented and authorized the financial statement, we undertake what we call the final or the balance sheet audit in relation to that. So these are what you must understand in relation to the various types of audits based on uh, legislation or law and according to the timing that the audit is taking place. So interim or system audits and then final or what we call the balance sheet audit. This is what you must understand about the introduction to audits and assurance. And remember, almost everything we've discussed here, you already know it from your previous studies.